The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. The feast of the dedication was taking place in Jerusalem. It was winter. And Jesus walked about in the temple area on the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify to me. But you do not believe, because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can take them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one can take them out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Our readings today, both of them, highlight the issue of just who is a member of the flock of the Lord. We today hear an echo of our gospel from Sunday, the Good Shepherd Gospel. And this first week of Easter begins with an extended consideration of the Lord under that title, the Good Shepherd. It is not simply a title that Jesus applies to himself out of nowhere. Rather, it is something that relates to the very essence of the relationship between God and his people. Moses was tending the flocks of his father-in-law, Jethro, when he saw the bush that was burning and not consumed, and thence was called. David, the great king, was a shepherd boy. The last of his brothers out tending the flock before he is called to the gathering and anointed to be the king who would shepherd Israel. Time and time again throughout the Psalms, the great prayer book of Israel, the expression is, we are his people, the sheep, of his flock. And so it is that the Lord, who identifies himself as the one who has come to seek out the lost sheep, describes himself as the good and the true shepherd. And then the question is, but who is your flock? And that is what we have placed before us today. And we hear something surprising. The Jews come to Jesus and they say, tell us plainly, are you the Messiah or not? And you can almost see the Lord throwing up his hands and saying, what do you think I have been telling you? 
In other words, even though I have given clear proof, I have given clear witness. From the mighty deeds I have done to my teaching, to my conduct, you refuse to receive the message. And you're withholding judgment until you get one more piece of evidence. And there are times when we flatter ourselves that we are simply being prudent, simply being careful, simply being cautious. But what we're really doing is refusing to make a decision. Refusing to make a commitment, refusing to accept the truth. Because until we absolutely have to, we're not going to. This has been an element of the difficult history of the people of God from the very beginning. However clear the testimonies of God's love, however compelling his word, however true it may be, there is always that within us which says, but I'm still waiting for more. As if the heart of man is the one that sets the agenda. And so Jesus says, there's a simple reason why you don't come to me as your Savior. And it's not because I haven't told you. And it's not because I haven't shown you. And it's not because you haven't received sufficient evidence. It is because you are not of my flock. What a sobering statement that is. And what is the characteristic of a member of his flock? My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. They hear my voice, not simply the sound of my words striking their ears, but they hear what I say. My word penetrates them, reaches them, touches them, and as it touches them, they realize that in all truth, it is not first an issue of they know me, but that I indeed know them. I know the realities of their hearts. I know the reality of their lives. I speak into that reality. I know them. They hear my word as the word of one who knows them. And so they follow me. You, the Lord says to his interlocutors, are resting in the fact that you don't know me. And that is not the right starting point. The correct starting point is, I know you. And my word seeks to speak to the truth of your life and the truth of your heart in a way that you will hear. But you hold yourself at a distance, and so my word does not arrive at that deep place of your heart. You hold yourself a stranger. 
you are not of my flock because you hear not my voice, you do not let me know you, and you do not follow me. We see a consequence of this in our first reading as the church begins to expand away from Jerusalem. And as it does so, scattered by the persecution which happened around the preaching of St. Stephen, the church goes into these other areas, these other cities, to the non-Jewish part of the world. And we hear at first, quite understandably, that as the disciples spread out, they went to their brother Jews and they shared the message with them. But even at that point, the community was not entirely Jewish. There were the Cypriots and the Cretans and the others that we hear about in our first reading today. And they likewise went to their countrymen. And they shared the truth of what they had come to know in Christ. And in doing so, we see the shepherd speaking to his flock through the voice of the church. And again, what begins to happen? More and more from the Greek-speaking world. More and more of those who were both not Jewish nor even particularly interested in the Jewish tradition, suddenly hear, they hear a word that penetrates to the truth of their heart, and they know that the shepherd knows them. And in being penetrated by that word, they move to approach at the voice of the shepherd. And so it is that through the church, the shepherd calls, and his flock begins to gather around him. A flock not reducible to any single bloodline, to any single race of people. Rather, a flock determined by knowing the voice of the shepherd, being known by the word of the shepherd, and in knowing and being known, moving and following. What a remarkably beautiful point this is. And we will see moving forward how important this becomes, where the mark of belonging is no longer ritual circumcision. The mark of belonging is no longer the old ways that constituted Israel a physical nation on this earth. Not that those things are bad but rather that now the voice of the shepherd carries beyond those boundaries and a new condition of belonging has come into being, which is hearing the voice of the shepherd, being known by the shepherd and moving to follow him. And so now, not merely Israel, but across the world can now, hear the, can now rise this voice that says, we are his people, the sheep of his flock. The shepherd has called, and we have heard. The shepherd has spoken a word that knows us, and we have felt that word. 
and we have responded. This beautiful reality of the shepherd who calls and whose word is heard, whose word knows his flock and provokes movement in the flock, relates very directly to what happens every time we celebrate the sacraments in the church. Note the fundamental dynamic. First, in the gospel, the shepherd speaks. And the flock, who has been called together and gathered by his word, hears. And in hearing, allows him to know us. His word speaks its truth into our hearts and speaks the truth of our hearts to us. And in hearing, in hearing his voice, in being known by him, we then know whom it is we must approach and whom it is we must follow. Because the flock follows the shepherd by the sound of his voice. And where does that voice lead us? To the sacraments that we celebrate, be it baptism, be it confirmation, be it the anointing of the sick, be it matrimony, be it holy orders, be it confession, there is first the shepherd speaking, then there is the flock being known, and then there is the movement to approach and to follow the shepherd. And so it is that the shepherd who speaks to us in the gospel knows us and calls us forward and we get up. And while it looks like we are not following anyone other than each other as we make our line and we come down the aisle to where he is, the simple fact of the matter is we all come toward the shepherd drawn by his voice to his presence. And then we stretch out our hands and the shepherd feeds his flock, nourishes his flock, cares his flock. He who is the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep literally places that life in our hands that we might feast on its goodness and in consuming his presence be filled with his light and his word and his truth. And why? So that even though physically we scatter as we leave this building, we go not forth after Mass is over as a disordered, panicked flock, each going his own way. Rather, each of us who leave here today, receiving him in this great sacrament, having heard him speak to us in the words of the gospel, we all go forth physically separated, physically scattered, but spiritually one, spiritually united, spiritually moving all together following the lead of that one true shepherd. And note how wonderful the dynamic is. To the eyes of the world, the flock scatters. But in the eye of faith, the flock never scatters. It remains united, and it follows the calling of the Lord, that one great voice that knows us and that leads us. And it is that same voice that gathers us again every Sunday and indeed every single day, so that our eyes 
may see the flock united and carry that knowledge with us as we move out into the world, knowing that however solitary physically our lives might be, we are not alone. For not only does the shepherd move with us and we move with him, but where the shepherd is, there also is the flock. And we move about in the world not as isolated, solitary believers, but as members of his body, as members of his church. And where each member of the flock moves, there indeed the church is found. There indeed the flock and the shepherd are present too. Not visible to the eye, but truly present. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Amen.